This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Cujo Yardware, the shoe that's built like a boot but feels like a sneaker and specifically designed for yard work. They're waterproof, breathable, and lightweight. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Cujo and use coupon code LCBS10 to get 10% off your order. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 183, entitled interview with Alex Kirby from Trifecta Lawn Care. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, as well as for your questions, your comments, uh, and your feedback on uh, the episodes. Uh, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time out to do that, and appreciate those of you who have been uh, leaving those all-important iTunes reviews. A few more have uh, trickled in uh, the past week, so uh, Uh, That's very much appreciated. As I mentioned uh, in a previous podcast, I'll uh, read uh, some of those out when we get uh, back to doing some solo episodes. Uh, but for these uh, interview episodes uh, already being quite long, uh, I will uh, just uh, put those off until uh, that point. Uh, Just wanted to uh, remind you guys as well. If you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, I've been putting uh, a lot of time and effort uh, into the YouTube channel and, uh, uh, you know, the reactions and um, the feedback to my uh, videos has been really, really positive and I'm really, really pleased about that. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, head on over there, uh, check out those videos. I've been really uh, trying to focus down on uh, providing uh just fantastic value for you guys in those videos, um, whether it be uh, review videos or um, videos that are uh, business related and just, uh, you know, taking a conscious effort to really focus in on the actual value of each and every uh, video that I produce. So I'd ask if you are a fan of the podcast and you download these episodes regularly, uh, to head on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and uh, watch those videos to get the most uh, out of growing your lawn care business, and uh, share your own feedback through the comments as well, and let me know uh, what you guys think of the direction that I'm uh, taking uh, the YouTube channel and the content that I create uh, over there. And uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, as with the past interview episodes uh, this uh, uh, winter here, uh, this interview with Alex from Trifecta Lawn Care will also be available on video form on my YouTube channel. So if you'd rather actually watch the video uh, rather than just listen to the interview, you can head on over to uh, the Lawn Care Business Success uh, YouTube channel and uh, watch uh, episode one. 183 uh, there in video form and actually see me and Alex uh, interacting during the interview. Uh, So uh, I'm just going to play the podcast announcements and uh, we'll get uh, into this episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. 
Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so I'd like to welcome uh, Alex Kirby from Trifecta Lawn Care to the podcast. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Going great, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Hey, that's awesome. Thank you very much for uh, reaching out and uh, volunteering. Very brave of you. I've had a couple people now uh, reaching out uh, and volunteering, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, Usually I'm uh, chasing people around, so that's awesome. Um, So... uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, let's just uh, get right into it. Um, so uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your business. All right. Well, I am 26 years old. I started Trifecta 25 months ago, so about about two years ago from from right now. Uh, I actually was doing ministry work. I actually have a Bible degree from from college. And, oh, nice. You know, yeah, my wife came up to me one day, and and we were having a conversation, and said, "Man, we got to make some more money." <laughs> and I, I live in South Carolina where you can, people cut grass nine months out of the year. So okay. from the church said, Hey, you want to cut my grass young man? I said, sure. What's that pay? He's like 40 bucks. And I couldn't believe how much money that was at the time. <laughs> so, who knew that you could get 40 bucks. And so okay. uh, long story, I, I, I did that for, I guess I did it six months on Fridays, just cutting grass for people at the church. And then, you know, two years ago, I quit the church and my wife and I decided, hey, let's try to do this for a couple of years and see if we can really make some money so we can have some flexibility and financial freedom and debt freedom and, and all the things that come with that. And, and it's, it's been way better than I thought it would be. So that's kind yeah. of how I started this. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, I would say, uh, in some cases, kind of look down on the lawn care guy or the gardener and stuff. And uh, in a lot of those cases, uh, those guys are doing a lot better than you would ever imagine. And uh, are uh, in you know some of those cases, um, I like I knew this one guy. It just brings up a funny story. Um, in uh, when I started out, I started out in a franchise, a lawn care franchise, and one of the other franchisees was doing quite well. And uh, he talked about, um, you know, shoveling driveways in the wintertime um, to just, you know, get, you know, just keep working, keep himself busy. Um, the problem was, was that his lawn care truck was only two wheel drive and it wouldn't go anywhere. So he was using his uh, SUV uh, because it was all wheel drive. Uh, the thing is, the SUV was a Mercedes, a brand new Mercedes, right? So he was parking around the corner because he didn't want his customers to see that he was driving a Mercedes. As his, uh, yeah, he says that might not be good for business. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
I think you answered uh, this obviously, but uh, I'll just ask it uh, anyways. Uh, so uh, it sounds like uh, lawn care is your main income or is it uh, your side hustle? It's definitely my main income. So I, I quit my job and went right into this from day one. So awesome. 3,000, we had about 3,000 bucks to our name and I just was like, you know what, go for it. So we've been full time the whole time. Awesome. So what, for, and again, this, this question may have been answered already. Um, so what first attracted you to the lawn care industry and made you decide that you want to start your business? Was it a, a thought before um, they, that person asked you to mow their lawn? Um, was it ever an inclination in your mind to, to think about that? Or was it just straight on like the light bulb went off at that moment? Yeah, I'd say the light bulb kind of went off. Like I had four acres growing up and my dad did all the lawn maintenance. So I didn't even, I played baseball uh, growing up. So that was all oh, okay. So my dad was always doing the yard work. So no, I, I didn't think about it all to that guy hit me up. And then I'm, I kind of love marketing and branding and, and all that stuff. So I, I quickly realized, wait a second, no one knows who to ask in my area. I live mm. in the suburb. I live in the suburbs of Columbia. Okay. And it's a pretty wealthy area. We live on a lake. There's a big lake here. Oh, nice. Around, yeah, it surrounds our city. So there's a lot of a lot of people that have some money, and you know both. But quickly realized no one that you kept hearing, no one knows who to ask. Who do, who who cuts my grass? Who should I get? Who who is trustworthy? And so when I kind of realized that doing the only Fridays thing, I said, wait a second, maybe there's a real opportunity here. But the market is telling me something that I might not be telling myself. And that's that they don't know who to call. So let me formulate myself into the person that they, they feel they can trust and tell people about. So, Okay. Uh, awesome. And so uh, it sounds like you, uh, like you said, you are always into the marketing and that sort of yeah. side of it. Uh, that is very familiar with me too. I love that stuff. I nerd out on brands and marketing and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've told the story a bunch of times on my podcast about how I've, uh, when I left the franchise and went out on my own, I modeled my whole business concept of uniforms and trailers and low everything off of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. They're uh, um, obviously a worldwide company now. But uh, they started here in Vancouver. What was that? Sorry. Listen to the NPR podcast, How I Built This. Okay, yeah. They're on that. I listen to that podcast. Yeah. So uh, here being lo uh, you know, originally a local company that they started here in Vancouver with one pickup truck and uh you know when he was younger um so it was very inspirational to me to see that he you know he's in multiple countries and all that sort of stuff i just love that like the branding the clean trucks the uniforms that professional image uh and i've told stories about how that's uh for me paid off um as far as you know meeting a new customer and uh you know i'm doing a quote for them and then within a few minutes they're handing me their credit card and i even had one customer halfway through handing her credit card to me stop and go wait a minute this is crazy i've known you for less than five minutes and i'm giving you my credit card she says but i can tell by your trailer and your uniform and stuff that you're not like a fly by night that you're here to stay and you're respectable and stuff like that so i was like i was like yes like it works <laughs> perception is reality like yeah i, I could with that and our inspiration is you know what terminex is i think it's, it's terminex a national brand 
yeah, we have them here too. The white trucks, I think, with orange letters. The, the, here they're green and gray. Okay. And white. Okay. You know, the commercial version of like pest control. Okay. Yep. And that was kind of what I modeled myself after. I said I want to be the lawn care version of of Terminex. Okay. When people think of pest control, they automatically think of three or four companies to call. But then I asked people around here and they're like, I can't name one lawn care company. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of my, my advertising vision. For yeah. 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 That's cool. That's uh, it's always a good, uh, so, you know, to have that vision, to have that, um, um, you know, when you, like you mentioned there, people asking, uh, one of my strategies when I did my business was naming my company after the specific area that we live in, because I knew people going on Google would search for lawn care in that area. And then my company being named that, you know, with lawn care attached to it would obviously be a, a natural a Google search that would pop up or in a natural search term that people would be typing in. Um, so, yeah. So, do you have uh, any employees or are you a uh, one-man operation? So my first year was two years ago. It was me and two people from the pretty beginning. So I think January, February, March, I did it by myself. And then we had two guys the rest of the year. I was able to grow pretty quickly. And then last year, uh, we doubled again. Okay. So it was me and six guys. Um, oh. And then this year, I'm in the process of hiring another five. So wow. I still have those six guys. So we should be at about 12 total employees this year. Nice. Very, very cool. So how do you, um, so maybe tell us a bit about that growth, um, you know, for your lawn care business. What you, you said that you were thinking about modeling your business after try or sorry, not trifecta. That's you uh, after Terminex. Um, so was that part of that thought process of, of, having employees so quickly early on? Well, for me, it's, I just want to grow my business. And first off, I wanted to be debt free. So I didn't learn about, you know, I'm sure, you know, Dave Ramsey and yep. people like until about five months into business. And I'd already gotten a brand new Tundra because my accountant said to get the write off, which is not a good idea. Yeah. Um, finance the mowers cause they're 0%, which they're actually not 0%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. so myself into like 50 grand worth of debt even though I had about 60 60 accounts so my first year was just paying all that off so we paid it all off I paid it off this summer um including another truck that I had gotten um so yeah that that was a big deal but for scaling I think it's supply and demand right like mm -hmm. in our area once I got I just rebranded actually um but we started getting our name out there through Facebook, through door hangers is a huge one for me. Okay. Um, I watched Terminex and I watched another company, Orkin, pass out door hangers every time they went into a neighborhood. Yeah. I really, oh, if you don't knock on their door, it's not solicitation. Mm -hmm. um, it's at least in our area. Okay. So yep. I, I started doing door hangers and that's direct to their, you know, to their residents and I could, figure out how to put the amount, you know, if you're in a cookie cutter neighborhood, like we have a ton of uh, suburbs here and yep. you know, builders, 200 home neighborhoods with the houses yeah, yeah, yeah. Are like right beside each other. Yeah. yeah. The shoebox, the shoebox homes, I call them. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't have to do an estimate there because all mm -hmm. the houses are these. 
Yeah. So we will, we, we put, you know, $50 for basic lawn care and put them on every door in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not a no brainer. So yeah, that was something we did to scale quickly. And then something I, I talk about on my YouTube channel about the power of ask. I just believe in the power of ask. Mm. So once I realized that no one knows who to ask, I'm going to ask for them. Mm. So I started going to businesses and, and just asking and, and people I'd know and anyone in my phone who might be in my circle of contacts and stuff like that. And then I got a big idea. I said, wait a second, maybe these builders that we just talked about um, don't have someone doing the lawn maintenance. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that I didn't see anybody in the neighborhood. So I just yeah, assumed yeah. and I actually landed two of the biggest four builders in, in our region. So the Southeast nice. now we do all their stuff, but all of that to say, that's how we scaled so fast is just asking. That's all. I yeah, didn't yeah. do anything. No billboards, no mailers, just door hangers and cold calls pretty much. Yeah. On yeah. Facebook. yeah that's awesome. I can totally uh, relate to that. I heard, um, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, watching, uh, I love watching like motivational videos and things like that. And I came across one a couple years ago um, with uh, Jim Carrey and uh, he was talking about, um, I, I think with him he, in the, in the, he was talking about that power of ask and, you know, asking the universe asking you know just asking for stuff asking for what you want um so i started practicing that just everybody because i was the shyest person and i would just start asking people or reaching out to things for the podcast and reaching out to companies and things like that and just hey just ask like what's it gonna hurt and i started getting what's that sorry they're already saying no if you don't ask Yes, exactly. So uh, it was, uh, and then uh, I started, uh, you know, being reminded of uh, a quote from, um, I'm Canadian, so I got to bring in a hockey reference. Uh, So uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, saying, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And uh, it was like, well, why not just ask? Ask for more business. Ask your customers for this. Ask, uh, reach out to companies and ask them if you can uh, demo this or demo that or whatever it is. And I started getting yeses and I was like, it works. Like, you know, just ask, right? Like, don't be in your head afraid of, of things. If you want something, go for it. You know, find the people to talk to and, and ask. So that's cool to, to see that you. you... Yeah, you're yeah, stopping yourself. If you don't ask, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can grow something if you're not watering it daily, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, what are your uh, how many employees do you see your company growing to? Like, you're, you're mentioning that Terminex, um, do you truly see sort of like a nationwide type thing eventually, or is it uh, just you know in your state? a good question i'm I'm trying to position myself for any avenue so okay i just i just spent five figures on rebranding so that yeah. we would look like a a company that you would think is a national company even if, even if we're local yeah um, i tried to pick a name that wasn't you know it's n- nothing wrong with the guys that name it their name but yeah. that's it's not easy to brand and that's not easy to get people to understand and then um or, you know, if it's a name like like just, you know, your city. Yeah. People assume 
Like we have a town here, Lexington, which 30 minutes from Blythewood is our two areas. Well, if you say Lexington lawn care, then Blythewood people are going to assume you don't go out there. Yeah. But I didn't want to do anything like that. So yeah, I'm not sure how big we could get. Um, not sure, you know, with ministry, like I said, I did that for two years and, and the Bible stuff and really feel called to that. So I'm trying to figure out if I can do both. So mm-hmm. right now I actually, I actually don't even mow grass anymore. I do all the business stuff. I, I just do okay. the business. Yeah. yeah. I, I got off the mowers in October, September. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm training all the guys. I'm trying to build the business. I meet with my accountant. I meet with our big, you know, corporate account clients, make sure they're happy and stuff. Cool. Do all the make sure everything's good. So insurance, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So we'll see how big it can get. I mean, I love. We'll just see. I, I'm not sure if I'll cap it at this or, uh, or keep going. But yeah. whatever works out. Cool. So um, yeah, a couple of points there. Um, as I mentioned, uh, with mine, I named it after my city uh, or town that I work in because I wanted to only focus on the town because um thing but it's funny because i get the opposite problem i have people calling outside of the town wanting work and i'm i'm always like what part of you know the name do you not <laughs> do you not understand right why are you calling me like i'm trying to make it as clear as possible this is where we work and this is what we do <laughs> um so it's kind of funny um and then the whole branding thing that you were saying there trying to make it um you know as recognizable and as um you know professional um i had that same um you know outlook when i started like i was mentioning there uh, and i've had a couple of instances um where uh, people have reaffirmed that to me um uh, twice where two complete strangers have come up to me and asked me if i had franchises for sale um, and I was like, wow, like that's, if that's not the power of branding and the look of my trailers and uniforms and stuff. Um, and then another person, we went to go do a quote at this big, they call them here auto malls. Basically it's just a huge area with a whole bunch of car dealerships all in one spot, all different, you know, makes and models. Um, and we went to go see the, the property manager and my brother-in-law also runs a lawn care company and he runs it under the same name and branding as my company, but we operate separately. Like we're two different, like we're separate franchises, um, but we operate under the same name so that it gives, uh, you've got two trailers out there. You've got, you know, people see multiple um, things just to make it look bigger than what it was when we were starting out. And uh, so we pulled into this parking lot with both trucks and trailers and stuff. And, uh, you know, we went to the general manager's head office. And the first thing he said was, uh, wow, I really like your shirts. And he says, I saw you guys rolling in. You look like something I would see on Dragon's Den, which is the Canadian version of Shark Tank. So I was like, awesome, right? I was like another, like, there it is, right? All that work, all that thought of branding and, you know, trying to build up is all being reaffirmed to me every time. I get little comments like that. So yeah, it's cool to hear your journey on that same sort of, uh, we're like-minded uh, on that. So this next question, um, I love asking um, entrepreneurs uh, because I always get a different answer when I ask. But if you ask a non-entrepreneur, the answer is always the same. And that is, how would you define success? I've been thinking about this because I listen to your podcast. Okay. 
lot of guys have different answers, but I think number one has to be freedom in a lot of forms. So yeah. financial freedom, I think is crucial. You know, if you, in this business, a lot of guys don't talk about this, but if you break your arm, you're in really bad shape. Mm -hmm. So having no debt on your business and nothing coming out, if there's nothing come in, at least you can hold on a lot easier for a while. Yeah. Um, so financial freedom, then obviously, you know, life freedom. So if you want to go on vacation with your family, you can schedule that pretty easily without having to ask a boss and stuff like that. Um, but then also for me, it's developing young guys too. So that's success. So um, like it's his turf, you know, we, we, I messaged him after your podcast. I have 10 guys, 20 to 20, or eight of my guys, 10 to 20, 20 to 25 years old who were trying to get them a skill, get them a, a decent wage get them discipled because all, most of my guys are Christians. Mm -hmm. They're trying to learn about their faith and grow in their faith and stuff so that they can be great in, you know, two to three years at whatever they really want to do. If mm -hmm. it's lawn care, if they decide they want to have a career in lawn care, then we offer that. Yeah, I, had a, I have a guy who wants to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to get his associate's degree so he can go to the academy. So he give him a job for two years and let him take night classes. So yeah. for us, it's success. And obviously personally for, for me and my family, like we're, we're hundred percent debt free. My wife just was able to quit her job. We're expecting our first child in eight weeks. So that's pretty, pretty awesome for me. That was a huge goal when I started this, as I told you earlier. Yeah. Um, for the other guys from my company, they're not in a better position through working for us and spiritually, mentally, emotionally and, and development professionally. And I don't think we succeeded. So. Okay. Awesome. That's a great uh, uh, outlook to have on it and to, uh, a great goal to have to, to try to build up uh, your employees more than just uh, treating them as a number, as, a, as the grunt work and stuff, and, and really investing in them uh, to see them succeed. Um, you know, I've said it before um, on the podcast, and you know, part of the reason um, you know, I, I've done the podcast consistently and I, there's always the down times and you always think about quitting and stuff, but something always tells me to keep going. And it always goes back to that whole, um, you know, you can uh, give a man a fish and feed him for a day or teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Uh, and the legacy that you leave behind there, uh, is, uh, just fantastic. Uh, so it's great to see, uh, you know, this, uh, group of, of companies, um, especially here on the podcast of people that I've been interviewing all with that sort of same, um, you know, investing in their guys uh, and treating them like family uh, versus uh, just uh, employees. Well, um, look at the other guys, you know, they're having a hard time keeping people and I can't keep good help. Yeah. yeah. And they never, it's because no offense, but they're just treating them like someone to help them finish the day off. Mm -hmm. And instead of treating them with respect, dignity, paid time off, uh, training, you know, mm -hmm. expecting greatness from day one, you're not going to have that in a guy who's never been told that, taught that, or shown that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, anyways, yeah. Yeah, it's just going that little bit of extra. I had, um, you know, somebody help me out. Uh, I'm a solo operator through and through uh, and love that. But uh, I've, you know, occasionally have brought on a person. Uh, and this one uh, guy I brought on uh, was traveling quite far to get here. 
um, to just uh, think didn't live in the same city. Right. So, you know, I was uh, on top of his wage and all that. I was paying him, uh, giving him extra for gas every day just for him coming out to me. Right. It was like, here, buddy. Like, and he's like, really? Like you're going to pay my gas every day. And I was like, yeah, I'll give you the thing. I really appreciate you coming out and helping me and, uh, you know, uh, and doing it, you're doing a great job and all that stuff. And, uh, uh you know, that's the least I can do is, uh, you know, thing, right. Cause you're going home, you're probably burning from where he was, dri- you know, driving from, he's probably burning 10 bucks or so in gas, which is like an hour of his, you know, labor or whatever it was. And it's like, dude, like that's, um, you know, at the time it's like, that's crazy to think that you're going to travel all the way here and then work and then use that to pay for the gas to get here and, and, and all that stuff. So just, you know, being respectful and uh, knowing that, uh, uh, you know, people's time, I always say, and it kind of goes back to that, is that people's time here is limited and, and people don't realize that. I always like to say, or I always like to think that, you know, everybody out there, everybody that I'm come encounter or encounter with every day all has a little, um, what do they call it? Uh, the uh, hourglass above their head, right? But they're all different sizes and you just don't know what that, how much sand that glass represents. And, uh, you know, if you, if you knew what it represented, would you do anything differently? You know, would that, you know, thing. So treat other people with respect too, because they're all have that same scenario, right? And their time is so valuable. It's so limited here on this planet um, that, uh, you know, if you're just going to use people and, and um, you know, for your own gains and stuff, then, uh, you know, it's not, uh, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Uh, and you certainly want and wouldn't want somebody doing that to you um, with the limited time that you have. And I think that's as a, it's kind of going off course there, but it's funny because I get so impatient now if I'm in line somewhere and I'm waiting for like, you know, to return something at a store or something like that. And it's like, like, I'm never getting these minutes back. <laughs> you know? I'm like waiting in line here. I'm never getting this time back. <clears throat> so, yeah. So with your, uh, uh, in terms of equipment that you guys use on the mowing side, um, what sort of equipment do you use? Now I, I mean this not so much as brand and stuff, but uh, more as in size equipment. So we can get a sort of a feel of the types of properties that you maintain. You talked about um, like what I refer to as those shoebox homes. And I have a ton of those that are basically between uh, when I talk shoebox, I'm referring to ones that I do that are 3000 to 4,000 square feet for the whole property, including the house, the driveway, the garage. So the grass is like this little, 10 by 15 patch, you know, 10 by 15 foot patch in the front yard. Um, so most of my stuff is with a 21 inch more. What do you guys um, do in your business? We use mostly 48 inch 52 and we're moving towards, I bought three 44 inch mowers. Okay. We, we use everything gravely right now. Okay. You know, um, we went to the GIE, I went to the GIE, and they came out with that 44-inch. It's kind of a combo. It's like a hybrid. I think it's an HD or HD or something like that, but um, I really don't know. But it's perfect. It's in between commercial level and residential in terms of zero quality. So for us, cutting a quarter acre to half acre houses over and over, 
you know, we, we, one crew tries to do about 30 a day with one of those mowers. So that's mm-hmm. perfect size for that. Like you said, tight quarters, tight, yeah. turning, not heavy because the sod hasn't taken great on these new houses that were, it's all yeah, yeah. new. So it handles really good. We've been really pleased with the gravely, you know, line of mowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, you know, we use, we use red max, everything else. Okay. Our dealer, our local dealer is a big Red Max seller, and they give us a great price for buying in bulk and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah, I've, been, I've been pretty pleased with their stuff. I don't I don't see a ton of guys. I know a lot of guys like the blowers. I don't know if you tried the, yeah. the Red Max blowers. Or no. Uh, here on the West Coast, I haven't seen any dealer carry any Red Max. I've never actually seen a Red Max in person, but that EBZ 8500, like I know it by thing because it's all over, you know, the internet and Instagram and, and stuff, right? Uh, so um, We've got six of them right now. We're about to get five more. Those things are like a tornado on your back. Oh, okay. Man. Nice. So, yeah, there's obviously something about them. For everybody yeah, to be right. so popular, we just get your standard push mowers. If you know, if we can't get in the gates and stuff like that, our residential stuff, uh, we we get Husqvarna push mowers that are self-propelled. So, yep. Oh, yeah, cool. So we're five, five. Oh, I have six mowers, and I have a forty-two also uh, that so it can fit in some of the backyards. If we have yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Very, uh, very cool. It's uh, like I said, it all depends on uh, areas you're servicing and uh, it's so different everywhere. Um, you know, it's kind of funny when I, I always show my 21 inch mower and stuff, right? And it's like, that's like 90 for 13 years. That's 90% of my business is that right. thing. And and talk about profitable, right? <laughs> my first 21 inch mower uh, Honda commercial HRC 216 that I got um, as part of my franchise, like equipment package, when I started out, I used that every day for 10 years. Like that thing paid itself off like a hundred times over, right? It was like crazy. Like, and, and to have lawn care as my only form of income, um, just shows like the amount of work that thing went through and, uh, it just kept going and going and going and going. Uh, and finally I replaced it with a newer model after 10 years because of the rain we get here, the deck was all rusted, but like actual holes through the deck. Um, but the engine transmission, it like, I still have it. It still runs. It's still, you know, it's like bulletproof those things. Um, so it's, uh, it's crazy. And I love hearing the, the, what people, you know, what, people use I always joke that like you know uh, see you guys with 60 inch mowers and 50 inch mowers and things like that the biggest i've ever seen here uh, besides like the city doing like the parks and things like that um is like 44 inch right um and i've seen like a 60 at like the dealer's demo day that they brought in but i have no idea who would buy that unless it was like the city or something uh buying it for uh something like that uh, so it's cool listening to uh, uh, what people use. I'm always so interested in, in that. <clears throat> so yeah, we, try to buy, we try to buy what we need, not what we want. You know, so many guys, yeah. at least in our area, they buy the $15,000 Walker mowers and <laughs> like, not, not hating on anybody. Cause goodness, they're like the BMW of lawn care. Right. Yeah. But they're, for the guys, I have guys here that have 45 accounts that are buying $15,000 mowers. I'm like, I don't understand because you can't get your return on investment. Like, yeah, yeah. With the, <laughs> yeah, you get that's crushed my- by a walker, 
that's that's me, man. That was my first uh, one of my first mowers. I bought originally bought when I first started. I bought a Gravely Zero Turn, just a small, the like the thirty four inch, the compact um, yeah. one that they had. But it was like the residential version. It wasn't the um, the commercial version. Um, but you know, I kept hearing everybody was telling me you got to get a walker, you got to get a walker, you got to get a walker. They're the best. Got to get a walker. So I was like, okay, like. There must be something to it, right? So I dumped 15 grand on a walker and uh, it sat on my trailer 90% of the time because most of my customers I do with a 21 inch mower. So I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. 90% of my income is being earned by this uh, here in Canada. The Honda is like 1200 bucks for the commercial 21 inch mower. Our, you know, we've got a 30% exchange rate and stuff uh, over the US. So it's quite a bit more expensive. Um, but it was like still like 90% of my income is being earned by this little guy and that cost me 1200 bucks and that thing cost me 15 and it's on the trailer for 90% of the time. doesn't make sense. And when I do put it on somebody's lawn because of our climate here with all the rain, the ground is always soft and those walkers have the blower integrated underneath and stuff. But that also means there's no ground clearance underneath. So if it sinks a little bit soft ground, it gets stuck. And I just started finding that more and more often. It was always getting stuck. Uh, it was, the ground was just a little bit soft. Boom. I, it would bottom out. And I was like, hey, I got to get I gotta get rid of this thing, right? Um, so I sold it after four seasons. And to, to show how much I used it, uh, when I sold it after four seasons, it had 250 hours on it. So it was like, it just, it was brand new. Like it had <laughs> barely broken in. Uh, you know, it was just crazy. So yeah, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that made that mistake. <laughs> Don't do it again. Yeah, and I, and nothing. You know, I love the walker still to this day. I, it was a fantastic mower, but it's just not right for my business. It wasn't right for my the the clients that I have. It wasn't right for. And actually, we talked earlier about um, geography and where you know where I'm from and stuff. And uh, you mentioned that you had. Uh, I told you I was in. I mean, from uh, Vancouver, and you said you had been to Victoria. Um, well, ironically, I sold the walker to a guy in Victoria. And because Victoria is an island, it's a big rock. So they don't have the same issue with the sinking uh, soft ground and stuff there, right? So he's had a great time with it. He's, it's done great for his business uh, with no issues sinking or anything like that. So it's kind of funny that I sold it to a guy there. <clears throat> So I think you answered this question um, with that gravely that you're talking about, but what is your favorite tool and why? Yeah, I love the gravely. I mean, 48 inch one's the first one I bought and we've had two years now and put 500 hours on it already and it runs like a champ and it was only mm -hmm. you know, 1,600 bucks. Okay. What kind of, that's crazy good investment, you know, making yeah, yeah. so. I'm trying to think what other piece of equipment we really like the, those those red max blowers in the amount of time we've saved on leaf cleanups and stuff like that on my first season when I had no equipment and was borrowing people's stuff yeah. months, uh, that's that's been huge but and we just got all new enclosed trailers too so oh nice yeah we got Spartan trailers on if you know what those are but they're yeah they're I've seen them here. yep and uh We've got four of those, and that's like my new thing because now we're going to be way more efficient with not having to worry about stuff getting wet and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Pretty excited very, about that. Yeah, very cool, and and great branding opportunity. Big rolling billboards. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, have, yeah. They're pretty. If you look at our Instagram and stuff, 
they're pretty incredible. Awesome. So um, I, I just want to actually jump back because uh, uh, when you said uh, Instagram, it reminded me of um, it was either Instagram or your YouTube uh, video that I watched. And you were talking about and you mentioned this earlier, I, I forgot to touch on it. Um, you were talking about door hangers uh, yeah. and, and putting door hangers. Um, and you mentioned in your video, you said something and then you said, yeah, that's right. You heard me right. Basically sort of just about 50,000. <laughs> You're like, we just ordered 50,000. Yeah. You heard me right. 50,000. <laughs> like we're not, uh, this is no uh, mom and pop operation. We're doing, we're going hard on this one. So tell me a bit about that. Well, people don't like, this is another thing I want the guys listen to realize it's only costing me like two grand to get 50,000 door hangers mm -hmm. front and back, which, you know, we did this last year for the first time. I think I got 2,500 last year. It was like a test. Yeah. To see if it would, I had a, I had 52 people call from those 2,500 wow. mm -hmm. and we ended up getting 20 regular law maintenance clients out of that. And another 15 did like one-time jobs and stuff, which was, I think I passed them out February, mid-February last year um, or end of February. And we had like pine straw and mulch and all those kind of jobs. Um, so I saw how the, you know, the per callback rate was like 3%. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, wait a second, if I do this in our whole city, you know, 3% on 50,000 is a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, I made an agreement with the, the local graphic design company that did all our apparel and stuff. And they said that, you know, it doesn't cost very much since they're already running the printing to get yeah. an exuberant amount of door hangers. Mm -hmm. So for the next three weeks, starting next week, my guys are passing out door hangers nice. for work, you know, yeah. like that's what they're doing. Through yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. I, I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, you think about it, people have to open their door when they go home. Yeah. They're going to look right at it and they're going to see the price. You know, most, some neighborhoods will say like call for estimate. Yeah. yeah. Um, most of them will be like, wow, I can afford this for lawn care. Cause once again, that's another thing is the market doesn't realize how affordable or what even it costs. So they don't even yeah. bother calling. Yeah. Or they're scared to they're scared to call and think that there's going to be high pressure sales if they do call or, or the, or they're going to get harassed after with constant callbacks and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's good putting the, the price up front. It's a, an interesting idea. I've never put the price on mine, but uh, interesting. And I've had really good success too. Not, I've, you know, I've never done a 50,000 <laughs> run, right? It's always been, you know, a thousand, 2000 at a time. Um, and I would, you know, put them out at the beginning of the season. I would put them out as I'm mowing around, you know, neighbors' houses or houses that I want to target. And I always had good success. I think I talked about on one of the podcasts, I talked about uh, new guys starting out and I suggested that as one of the things. And I said, for me, I was putting out, you know, for every hundred that I would put out, I would get at least one or two calls from them. And I was like, yeah. that's really good, right? Like, that's awesome. To, to put out, you know, a hundred, you think about a hundred, that's nothing. I used to, as a kid, um, my very first job when I was like 11 years old um, was a paper route. And I had two of them. And one of them was 120 houses and the other one was 170 houses. And so I think back now going like a hundred, 
that's nothing. I did that when I was 11, right? <laughs> Going, you know, after school for thing, right? You can cover a hundred houses pretty quick and to get one or two calls from that, that turn into lawn mowing customers for the entire year. That's, uh, you know, um, I think it's a great return on investment, but a lot of people, um, I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know if it's, there's a stigma about going door to door or just embarrassment going door to door or what it is. But well, guess what? Nobody's home when you're passing them out because they're yeah. all at work. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. never got one call like, "Hey, don't do this." We don't like this. We we never got a complaint so far. Yeah, because they just with fifty thousand. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they just they throw it in the trash or recycling if they're not interested. Like big deal. Um, so, do you guys offer uh, any other services that are not lawn care or landscaping related, like power washing or window cleaning, for example? We don't. We've thought about the power washing, as I've heard a lot of guys, they talk about it. The problem is it's so hard on your body. The, you know, the machine that you're going to get is nothing compared to the truck trailer that the guy who does it for a real living has. So, we haven't. We probably, sh- we might next year. Because the po- the pollen here is pretty bad, mm. a lot of people like their their houses power washed at least once a year. Yeah, so we, I've thought about it, but at, at this time we ha- we don't. We just I guess we basic lawn maintenance and yeah, yeah. yeah, it can be it can be pretty profitable as long as you're you know using high quality machines like good uh, gallons per minute, like high gallons per minute and stuff, right? Because the water makes a, a big thing and using the right tools. When I, you know, first uh, did them, I was just using, um, I was using my, a gas, a, good, a really good gas pressure washer, but using just the the nozzle and handle that came with it and doing somebody's driveway. And it would take me, you know, I don't know, two hours or something to, to power wash a big driveway, like a six car driveway. Um, and then I invested in one of those broom, like the big rotary type broom things. And I could do that same driveway for 20 in 20 minutes, um, with better results because it didn't leave the little streaks and stuff. Right. And make the same, uh, you know, I was charging, um, back at that time, like 200, 220 bucks to do a driveway, sidewalk, a patio, and, uh, being able to knock it out really quick. And, uh, so it was, you know, with the right tools, it can be, um, you know, really profitable, a good way to add for downtime. Or if you have, um, uh, like a summer dry season where you're not cutting as much, um, it's also a good, uh, a good way. But then the spring cleanups, uh, people, uh, tend to like it in the spring to freshen everything up. But then that's also when the, the, there's sort of a conflict there. Cause it's also when all the, the green stuff starts. Uh, so, um, in your business, uh, what type of work do you guys prefer? Uh, do you do commercial and residential or just residential or just commercial? We, we call it corporate commercial and residential. We kind of split the three. So I got, like I said to you, I got huge, huge contract last year with a corporate account, um, yep. which is like second biggest home builder in the Southeast. Um, and I got that once again just by cold calling because I didn't see anyone in their grass. And yeah, like, yeah. Ironically, we just fired this company, so we have an opening. Um, and then I just landed another national one. I'm not sure if you've heard of Dr. Horton. Have you heard of them before? Uh, no. But um, I got them doing law maintenance for them. Same thing. We do a lot of that stuff, and then we do a lot of we love residential. So this year. I'm kind of heavy on the corporate side now. 
I went from having one residential crew and like one hybrid crew to having you know, two crews of corporate and one yeah. residential. We're trying to, we were, I think we were at like 60 residential last year, 65. And then we have a few, and we mix in a few commercials like churches and yeah. do a chick, do a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing about those Chick-fil-A's. I've never tried a Chick-fil-A. I've never even seen one, but I keep hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the good stuff. We, uh, we actually like worked out of like a gift card and as part of our um but it's great advertising because it's like the most biggest you know restaurant here so oh, okay yeah these are stuff. so it's pretty awesome cool, but we do a few commercial i'm definitely trying to get up to 20 or so commercial when i'm at like six right now and residential though is key for us so i'm trying to get up to like 200 this year in mm-hmm. residential so we really want to be balanced because obviously if you lose a corporate account anything can happen with yeah um, and we don't want to be overexposed. So definitely we do both. I, I, for me, it's, it's all about how much you making an hour. I don't care if it's residential. I don't care if it's commercial. I don't care if it's corporate. If you're hitting your, your financial numbers that your business needs to make and turn per hour, I don't really think it matters all that much personally. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, uh, in the end, the the money's green from both sides, right? So it doesn't uh, it doesn't make a difference unless it's just something you don't like. For me personally, I uh, over the years I've just grown to enjoy residential better. I like the interactions with customers. I like the little old ladies that come out and talk to you, and um, you know, and and all that stuff. And yeah, and and just that whole. Um, trust factor there like customers on the residential side uh you know they don't even ask me how much something's going to cost anymore they just say hey can you trim those hedges for me can you that's it and put it on our credit card that's it they know i'm not going to rip them off or anything like that there's that trust built uh and i just really like that right it's just this um uh, yeah so uh, this next question is probably the one that gives people, uh, you know, pause for thought. Um, and it's uh, share with us a time you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. You know, I, I thought about this. I haven't really had a big struggling moment in terms of something bad happened. We've been pretty blessed with the growth and and luckily I've, I asked a lot of advice from other lawn care companies early on, on how to price, how to do this. You know, I worked with the best lawn care company here a couple of days so I could learn some tricks and stuff like that um, and show me what to do. So fortunately I was told to do that early on. It didn't have to take my lickings on that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the first couple months I, I started the business, like I said, December, January, two years ago. So there's not exactly grass to cut during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty a big struggle because I didn't know how to price leaves at all. And okay. I lost money like three or four times in a row on mm. leaf cleanups because I didn't know how to charge. Now we charge by the bag in some cases that way okay. we don't, yeah, you know, yeah. we don't, how are you supposed to price leaves? You don't know how long it's going to take at times. Yeah, yeah. So I've learned my lessons there, but yeah, I'd say that was a challenging time. And then also just this is a different one, but sticking to your guns on the debt. Um, like I just put a lot, I won't say how much, but a lot of money into upgrading, rebranding, new equipment. Uh, we just built an off, we're building an office out right now on my property. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that has been a struggle in terms of not saying, you know what, it'd be a lot easier for cash flow if I could go and just put this on a credit card mm-hmm. or a lot easier to go and ask for terms of net 60 on these, you know, yeah. these office or rent to own instead of just paying cash. And I, I'm, I'm big on paying cash for everything. Um, so that was a struggle the last couple of months, just sticking to my guns, knowing that the grass is going to come back in March. Yeah. It's not going to be a big deal. And knowing that keep your reserve, don't touch your reserve, but the money is going to come back to you. You don't, don't go and take out debt. That, that, it, it doesn't answer your question like most people, but for me, it was a tension and a struggle because yep. as I see bank account that I just worked so hard on getting up for our business, yeah. go yeah, down, yeah. down, just sticking yeah. to what I know is right in, in terms yeah. of business. That was tough a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you very disciplined. It makes you very, uh, think about, um, when you've, uh, and personal experience too. Like when you've worked, like you just said, you work so hard, you put in all the time and you see your bank account grow right. and then you have to start putting out money for things and you see it going back down. You're very disciplined about what it is that you're uh, putting out there. Right. Um, I've been pretty good for the last, Oh, it's gotta be 20, 25 years. I've put everything, every single purchase well, okay, I can't say every single purchase, but probably 90% of purchases on my credit card, but I've never carried a balance over the month. When that bill comes and it says it's due, I pay the entire thing in full every month. Um, and because of it, I think my uh, you know credit's pretty good, um, but uh, I've just been very disciplined about it. I don't think of the credit card as a, a you know, you pay for it and then make monthly payments and things. No, you you only, if I've got the money in my account, then yes, I'll, you know, I'll purchase it and I'll put it on the credit card and I only do so because I'm getting whatever rewards or things. So I see it as free, you know, rewards or here, you know, some credit cards will, uh, you know, give you money back off of, uh, fuel purchases and things like that. So I'm like, well, you know, uh, come, you know, Christmas time or something like that. It's like, well, I've got all this free money now that I can use for, uh, stuff right but you have to be very disciplined about it uh, and like i say i've never once gone over in 25 years that monthly due date and and put just the minimum or anything it's always been paid in full um so it can work with credit cards and you can get those things but if you're not used to it it's very easy to go out of control if you're not disciplined about it and I don't want to get caught. Like for me, it's, it's the risk factor. So I try to, min- so for me, it's like, okay, well, we have this huge account. Well, if I'm banking on getting, you know, 20, let's just say 20,000 bucks from them in March. And then, you know, you get a phone call from the owner saying, Oh, something happened. We've got to wait to start lawn care season. Well, now yeah. I just bought a credit card that I don't need for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think for me, it's not worth it. I definitely get that it's like a little bonus for guys who are good with it. Um, but for me, I just stick to the cash thing. So I know that at worst I can go sell the thing I bought and get my money back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this next question uh, is uh, what is your favorite thing about being self-employed? Man, I love, I love making your own hours and I love waking up every day knowing I can make as much money as I want to make. You know, mm-hmm. when you're working in a job, it's a 
set salary or, oh, work here five years and we'll give you a promotion and stuff like that. I love knowing that, oh, I could walk into a business today and land a contract that changes my life. Mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, I love, I love that aspect. I love, you know, with my wife, um, we love to once a month or so, we like to travel a little bit, maybe go to the mountains or, and I can kind of say, okay, we can do that whenever we want to do it. Um, yeah. So for me, the, the like I said earlier, the flexibility and the freedom yeah. is so important. Like, I don't think guys understand that enough you didn't come in like there's one there's a friend of mine who works 80 hours a week in long year all year mm. and yeah he makes about six figures or so but it, what's that worth you know like, yeah did you did you go into business to work seven days a week yeah um, did you go into business to make an awesome living for your family mm-hmm. so I, you know a lot of guys that they take pride in oh we're so busy we do these lawns which is great but you didn't get into lawn care. You shouldn't have gotten into lawn care. My, this is my opinion to, to work yourself to death. Yeah. Um, you should have freedom in it. So yeah, I, I love that about lawn cares. Yeah. You can work. If you want to go out of town on a Thursday, Friday, like the GIE, right? Like a, yeah. That's why the G on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. Well get a helper and work your butt off Monday, Tuesday till dark and make up for the days you're going to miss. Like that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see that a lot too with guys around that uh, just work, 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 work. And uh, it's just crazy to me, right? Um, Because when you look at it, yeah, they're making, you know, they might be making more money than me and stuff, but it's not that much more money and they're putting in so much hours. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you'd never want to have your kids grow up and somebody asked them, so what was your your dad like and them answering well he was never around you know he's we never you know he always provided always had we never were short of anything but i couldn't tell you what he was like or what you know thing right and it's like yeah that's not really worth it to me right it's like if you there's a point where you can make um enough money and uh as long as uh you know everything's taken care of um, you know, maybe you're not, uh, your kids don't have the latest, uh, <clears throat> PlayStation, uh, you know, game console every year or something like that, but everybody's happy. Everybody's healthy and everybody's together. I think that's, uh, uh, can uh, be really important to make sure you have that time for your family as well. And not just, uh, you know, uh, like you said, uh, seven days a week, crazy all the time, right? Um, so in what ways do you market your business and maybe share, uh, your number one marketing tip? So we talk about door hangers. We do that. Uh, we just, for the first time we're getting stuff on our equipment. So we got our trailers fully wrapped. Um, and then the other thing is I I use Facebook pretty extensively. So I think was it Cody that was on your podcast last that talked about how he's trying to figure out how to do Facebook. Uh, um, yeah, there's been a few, uh, that we've touched on, uh, Facebook, um, linear lawn care, Danny last year, I think it was last year. Um, he probably got into it the most of all the guests talking about how he used, um, Facebook community groups, like the free groups that you might have for your local community. And that's how he would advertise is putting posts up in those, uh, and getting a good success. Yeah, for sale or wanted groups are pretty good. That's what, that's what it's all about. But for me, I probably spend 
um, 50 to $100 every couple weeks on boosting a post on Facebook. So one, I try to get our Facebook page likes up big time because okay. the more people that like your page, the more people they might share it with. And yeah, yeah. I think we're up to like, I think we're up to 700 likes on Facebook. Oh, so nice. That's pretty good. When yeah. You try to get to it. Well, we, we land jobs off of Facebook every other week in the off season and maybe okay. every week. And then we land like during the growing season, it's pretty steady that I'm getting calls. Mm. Um, last year was our first year as I had like a few hundred people. So I'm, I'm expecting Facebook to be better, but their fee is so little, you know, it's one lawn, right? When you think of 50 bucks or whatever, yeah. one line gets you potentially a, a long time customer for 2000, 3000 bucks a year that you make on mm. that person. It's yeah. A good investment if you can. Yeah post correctly so yeah we do and their facebook is really good about um like i haven't i've only uh, scratched the surface in terms of um researching facebook ads and stuff but um you know their analytics and their um the way you can target exactly like if you want to target you know nurses that are ages you know 25 to 45 and that's all you want your ad to go to and that live in your immediate area, that's who's going to get your ad. So you can pay for exactly the types of people. You can qualify those people to get the best uh, form of success. It's not like blanket uh, ads. You can, of course, blanket ads. But um, if you want to target down uh, and make every um, you know part of your investment, squeeze every last bit of it out and target what you think is your ideal customer, Facebook will allow you uh, to do that. That search search engine engine optimization, yeah, it's, it's totally key um, for for your target customer because you don't want to you know you can move the scale to where it's thirty year olds to fifty year olds or yeah. forty year olds so yeah I love Facebook and then we're gonna probably blitz you know uh, here in the states they're doing this new thing with billboards where it's electronic I don't know if you guys have that up there but they're not they're not like where you have to put your logo on and pay for them to like put it up there yeah. Um, electronic billboards here yeah. so we're thinking about in the beginning of march like blitzing that for two weeks around our city oh, okay because the fee is a lot less because you don't have to pay for it to go up yeah, yeah. and the terms are a lot shorter because they can switch it out anytime mm-hmm. so we're we're considering doing some billboards just for brand recognition we don't think we're going to get business necessarily off yeah, the yeah. billboard and more people can, like I said, the Terminex thing I'm going for, the more people that see trifecta, trifecta, hopefully we get more Facebook hits and, and calls and stuff like that. When yeah, yeah. Door hanger home, you know, yeah, yeah. oh, I saw that billboard on the way home. Now it's on my door. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's funny. It's funny listening to you because it's like exactly my thought processes all the time with that whole branding and stuff, right? Just get it out there. Get it out there. I talk about when you're starting, even if you have like – um, you know, no money to do stuff like that. Like when you're not, I used to, with my truck and trailer, um, I would go to like Home Depot in the spring, uh, their garden center on the weekend when I, you know, I'm starting out, I don't have work. I'll park my truck here, right at the garden center. And then, uh, you know, my wife pick me up in her car and we can go shopping and do groceries and things for a few hours. And then I'll come back and pick up the truck after, right? Cause chances are there's all these people coming out of that garden center. They got stuff that they're thinking they can do. 
And then they might get home and they'll see that, you know, website, they'll see the branding and stuff. And then, uh, you know, they might get home and go, you know, this is a bit bigger job than I thought it was. Right. And uh, Hey, wasn't there a garden truck and thing? Remember that, you know, that company name and stuff like that. And because it's named after the city and stuff, it's very easy to remember, uh, and stuff. So, you know, and even, um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK does this a lot too. Um, and a lot of other junk removal companies around here have followed suit. And that is parking their trucks instead of in a, a warehouse location where they might have their office or something. Their trucks are spread out around the city and parked in strategic places when they're not being used, uh, where there's high traffic driving by because they're rolling billboards, right? And I've talked about doing that with your trailer and stuff on the weekend park it you know it's what good is it doing on your driveway when maybe down the street on the corner of a busy street you could have it parked and have all this traffic volume going by your billboard uh, and just building up that brand recognition right yeah and obviously the last thing is social media so um like if we do instagram we're trying to get that built up i haven't made i didn't really make a push on that to last four or five months maybe this all like october is when i started with youtube i just opened our youtube channel and got a gopro the other day to make some yep. better video so just trying to to do that and and we'll see how that goes i'm excited about it at least for the lawn care community because you know, at the end of the day, we're all in competition, sort of, but not really. You know, we're kind mm -hmm. of like a fraternity yeah. where we want everybody to grow. And, you know, for me, just being how small I was just a year ago, and I want the guys to have always wondered, can I find good employees? Well, let's talk about how to find good employees. We don't just mm -hmm. have to act like we can't find them. Let's find them. Yeah. They're out there. You know? Yeah. So. On YouTube, I think that's great. The lawn care community on YouTube is pretty awesome for videos and sharing ideas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's totally awesome. And just adds another layer of um, SEO to your company and searching. I talked about uh, too about, you know, if you're getting out there and you've got, say, a website and you do something like Google Places, to also put your company out uh, in every other you know, business registry that you can online. Um, because, you know, instead of somebody searching um, for, you know, say lawn care in your area and your company comes up in, uh, you know, maybe a, a group of six or seven other companies, um, you know, if somebody's searching for you or they see your trailer and they put your name in, they want to check it out and, and having your website come up, but then also having all your competitors' websites come up, um, you know, by blanketing and doing as much as you can, having YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff, when they type in that name to thing, that's what's going to pop up and you're going to dominate those search results of, yeah, the first one's your website, then there's a Google Places, then there's, uh, you know, your YouTube channel videos and there's all this stuff to do, you know, and you're kind of uh, phasing out the competition there or the chances of competition uh, sneaking up when people are uh, looking for your uh, company or, or they see your trailer or something and they want to uh, search it. Uh, so yeah, a lot of different ways that people can get started uh, with no money. Uh, and then of course, uh, as they make money, they can uh, go out and uh, invest more and, uh, you know, get like 50,000 door hangers and, uh, <laughs> and all that and then hit it hard. Um, so one of the most common questions that I get in my business is what do I do in the winter? So is there a winter or off season in your business? And if so, uh, what do you do in the winter? 
Yeah, I wish we had snow like all the other YouTube guys, like mm-hmm. and Brian's lawn maintenance and all those guys. We do not have snow. So we stay pretty busy with, you know, fall and winter cleanups. Down here in the south, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's are three really big deals. So we cut grass through October, depending on, you know, when it stops. But we, we have a growing season at least until October 1st, but usually about the, you know, second, third week of October. And then November, December, the leaves have already started falling. So we have leaf cleanups and we do a lot of pine straw once the leaves are down. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you guys don't really have pine straw there. No. Um, yeah. Down here, it's, we call it the golden money. I mean, okay. brown money. People, I think we installed 20,000 bales of pine straw last year. Wow. So people love it. And it's crazy how much people love it in, in the South. Um, so we put down pine straw. We do a final bush trim before the winter. Um, we stay pretty busy through December. And then January and February are the two death months for us. So mm. what we've done is I've done my expansion, my physical expansion. We've worked on my guys on in January. And then February we take for training, for logistics, um, for hiring new guys, for getting new customers, for going to make sales at businesses. So I train my guys how to do that too. You know, if we don't have a ton okay. of work to do in February, except, you know, we start putting out some pre-emergent and stuff like that. But, you know, they're going to still work. I'm not going to cut my guys hours when they busted their butt for nine months or 10 months in the lawn season. Uh, and now all of a sudden penalize them because we're a little slow when we have other stuff, you know, in the business that you can do. So yeah, we, you know, January, February, we don't do a ton. Um, I don't know how many jobs. We probably did 15 types of cleanups and stuff in January, which gets a spy. That's a bad, but that's all there really is to do in mm. February. I'm okay. Get ready for growing season. We call yeah. it growing season. I don't know what you cool. guys call it, but yeah, yeah. growing season. Yeah, yeah, growing yeah, growing season. Yeah, so it's the same here. Um, yeah, that that uh, pine straw is just uh, foreign to me. I don't. I see it. I don't necessarily understand it <laughs> what the appeal is about it um i bought a um i was looking for a a bagger kit for my uh x mark walk behind and i couldn't find one um locally other than ordering a brand new one and i didn't want to order a brand new one um because it was outrageously expensive for a used mower um so i went and ended up seeing one on uh, ebay uh in florida so I bought it off that guy and he, he shipped it here. Um, and uh, when I got it, I opened it up and it was had remnants of pine straw all in it, right? And I was like, oh, this must be what <laughs> pine straw stuff. <laughs> we put out, like we have customers that, I have a customer who has 300 bales takes for his property. And, you know, you're talking about a lot of, that's a lot of money, you know, just in material, that's like $4 a bale here is the standard mm-hmm. price. Okay. Uh, we obviously have negotiated a little bit better price for how much quantity we get, but what is that? $1,200 in just material. And wow. He does it twice a year. He does it twice a year. Wow. It's $2,400 just in pine straw material, but people love it right before the holidays. It looks mm. natural areas and stuff. So we do a ton of that in the off season. A lot of that, a lot of property cleanups, annual labor type stuff. We charge by the hour for that. So, 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I always have the um, uh, the opposite um, with uh, you know customers that have like large, over you know established pine trees with all the needles and stuff on the ground and the you know the really long ones, and they're always like like they want to get rid of it. Like, can you, you <laughs> blow it out and get rid of it and and all that sort of stuff? Clean it up. Just want the dirt. <clears throat> so. This next question is one that I've been asking relatively. Um, I haven't asked everybody on the podcast about it. Just recently, uh, I started, um, and that's a, a question that one of my guests uh, turned around. They wanted to ask me, um, so I thought that was a great question. I'm going to start asking people that, and that is, um, what's the weirdest thing you've seen or has happened uh, to you during your business? If you have any sort of standout. Um, things that have happened the nothing crazy has happened in terms of like us witnessing anything weird i guess one of my employees got a nail stuck in their leg a couple Ooh. months ago from Ouch. so he, he was using oh, uh. an edger yeah he was using an edger in one of our construction uh home site builds and i guess they dropped some nails off and he comes up to me and says like very calmly he's like hey boss uh, i got a little problem and he like points down like i got off a movie and i'm like Dude, you have a nail in your leg. Like this is a big. <laughs> so, uh, that was an interesting thing. The nothing crazy except like the first day I got the fifty-two inch gravely, I put it in the lake. So that was pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> I was uh, brand, brand new, like half a million dollar home on the lake, and I was like, oh yeah, this mower can probably handle this slope, and mm. yeah, fifteen feet slide tears up his side mowers in the water completely and luckily the engine didn't get wet but um that's that's the craziest thing that's happened so far but no, that's crazy yet like we haven't had anything stolen or um, yeah nothing crazy like that's that's great well we're brothers in that respect then too because i did the same thing with that walker i didn't put it in the lake but my very first job with it i took it to a brand new customer first mow they had tall overgrown a backyard uh, and I started mowing it and everything was going good and I was going along the cedar fence line and what I didn't know was half the lawn was leveled and the other wasn't and it was a drop off like it went level and then just went boom dropped off towards the fence and I couldn't see that because the grass was so tall and uh, I started mowing and like I said it was right along the fence line and then the mower dropped and uh, because it was against the fence and sloped towards the fence, that big hopper box on the walker kind of got wedged against the fence. And uh, so I was like, you know, trying to, you know, use the zero turn controls. I'm panicking. And the next thing you know, I'm spinning on a dime and the whole back of the walker takes out the whole fence. And the, the yard that it was bordering was like a 10 foot drop below. Um, so now the walker's like teetering on this thing and there's like one fence post holding my brand new walker on its first job from falling and there's this really angry dog in the next yard below that is not too happy that I just took out his fence and uh, he's just going crazy. So I was like, oh man, well, how am I going to get this out of here? I'm like, right. So I phoned the dealer and I'm like, hey, remember an hour ago when I picked up the mower and you said if there's anything I ever need to give you a call? <laughs> <laughs> he's like well that was quick so the, and credit to them they came out 
and they were on the side of the other yard with the dog, uh, you know, only a few feet below them, and they're like pushing the mower up while guys are on top pulling the mower. <laughs> and we got it cleared up. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. I had to go get a hundred foot chain in the truck and pull it out. It was miserable, but yeah, it's it was what it is. Yeah, especially when it's like a brand new mower, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's the worst. So I feel you there. I've been there, <laughs> and it's funny. I see it over and over again from other people too that just get a brand new mower and stuff, and they're not quite used to it, or something happens, and and it's like I I've been there. I know it. <laughs> Don't feel too bad. You're not the first. You won't be the last. <clears throat> so um, this next question is also probably one of my favorite ones. So I want to ask you to share your best piece of advice with someone just starting out in the business. Um, and I want you to come from this from the point of view that this is somebody that you like and somebody that you want, you only want the best for. Um, so you genuinely want to see this person succeed. Um, so what would you tell them if they came up to you and said, Hey, Alex, I want to start a lawn care business. What can you tell me? What, what should I do? I tell them don't overbuy, don't undersell and don't be out hustled. Okay. Don't overbuy the equipment that you need to start. You don't yep. need as, as much as people tell you do. Yeah, um, because your your initial, your initial customer list is going to be easy yards, people who don't just want their grass cut. You just need the basic stuff. Don't underprice yourself. Don't undersell. Don't think you're worth twenty dollars when the gas that day was twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the third one being out hustled. Like if you're trying to grow your business, don't just wait for people to call. Mm. Like they're not. They're not just going to call. Yeah. You know, we're in a business where we're like the plumbing business. We're in the service industry. And so a lot of people simply don't understand that in our industry of, you know, of service and skill work and stuff. So you have to go out to them and explain to them, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Here's a, if, if you can't afford door hangers, go print, print out stuff at your local library. Yeah. If you can only get business, business cards off Vistaprint and put them on mailboxes, great. But do something. Do mm -hmm. something. Don't just wait and, oh, I'm going to just be okay with 10 people this year. And I guess that's how it is. Like, there's people out there who want your service. So don't yeah. overbuy, don't undersell, and don't be out hustled. I, I would say that's uh, the three things. Yeah, that's great advice. I was, uh, it reminds me of uh, uh, a video that uh, Keith Kalfas put out um, years ago talking about uh, the window cleaning side of it and how when he started you know he had no money he was desperate and uh he just went door to door and uh and ended up selling 42 accounts in 24 hours um so went from no customers to 42 customers for like uh bi-weekly or weekly window cleaning um just by going door to door uh, through these business complexes and mini malls and things like that and picking up these clients. Cause he was just, you know, putting himself out there. If he had sat there waiting for the phone to ring, <clears throat> that wouldn't have happened. Right. But that was a huge jump start and kickstart to his uh, window cleaning career 
because he went out there and went for it and uh, and and found the customers. <clears throat> Uh, and it goes back to uh, what we started the podcast with, and that was uh, with uh, asking, the power of ask, right? Go out there and ask. So last question, and that is simply, um, if people want to uh, follow you uh, or connect with you on social media, how can they do that? You talked about, uh, I know you have an Instagram account, and uh, you uh, mentioned as well a YouTube channel, which I uh, talked about that video. You talked about the 50,000 uh, door hangers on. Um, you said uh, you're uh, you're much like my last guest, uh, Cody. Um, you know, getting that uh, new GoPro. So it sounds like you'll be uh, putting some more effort into uh, or putting more content out on that YouTube channel. So maybe tell people uh, where they can find you. Yeah, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. All Trifecta Lawn Care, and it's, it's really that simple. We're not on Twitter right now, but those are the three main. You know platforms we're using and um yeah we hope to do more stuff like this we really like talking to you and um just love the podcast i love podcasts so podcast industry love that so look for us there but those those three arenas is where we're, we're at right now and we have a website trusttrifecta.com Okay, so. perfect. So thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate you, uh, first of all, reaching out and volunteering, because uh, that makes it easier for me too. I don't have to sit there uh, finding people. Uh, and uh, also for, uh, you know, coming on and working with me um, through we had some scheduling things, uh, tried to get you on last week and things like that. And you just uh, hung out there and made yourself available. So that's uh, really awesome. Really well uh, appreciated. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I really liked it. Appreciate that. Awesome. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview episode with Alex Kirby from Trifecta Lawn Care. I want to thank Alex again for coming on to the show, as well as for uh, volunteering uh, to come on to uh, the show and sharing his uh, lawn care business journey with all of you guys out in Lawn Care Nation. I'll leave some links in the podcast show notes uh, to uh, Trifecta Lawn Care's Instagram account, and I uh, would encourage you guys to go follow him there, as well as to his uh, YouTube channel and I uh, would encourage you guys to go and subscribe there. Alex also mentioned that he was uh, active uh, on Facebook and uh, was uh, trying to uh, get uh, you know a bunch of likes on Facebook for his company so I'd uh, encourage you guys to head on over to Facebook and uh, check out Trifecta Lawn Care and give him a like as well. Um, so that's it for this one guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.